Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am playing Scarlet Citadel, a 5e-based RPG, 5e-based campaign written by Kobold Press. Big, nice, thick, hardcover book. I was enjoying reading it in bed last night with my headphones on, listening to some Rush. And yes, I'm getting into prog rock. So I was listening to some prog rock while I was reading my Scarlet Citadel book. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive material, the Patreon Q&A, a dedicated Discord server, and all kinds of other stuff. One example of the kind of thing that they get access to is Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets Volume 2. Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets Volume 2 is a lot of the material that didn't make its way into the Lazy DM's Companion, mostly because it was too specialized, had too much of a focus that I didn't think was as widespread as the stuff that made it into it into Companion. But needless to say, it is still very valuable, very interesting stuff. It includes all kinds of things from like how to do ability checks differently, what does classic style 5e look like, a monster generator, the early work, the early work of Forge of Foes is in here, Lazy Solo 5e, how can you play 5e by yourself, what is it like to be able to play 5e off of a single sheet of or a single sheet of paper front and back a monster generator for different crs all different kinds of things that you can find in here in this 25 page pdf and this is just one of a lot of different products that you can get by becoming a patron of sly flourish many patrons have talked about the incredible value of this patreon so if you are interested in supporting this show and also getting access to all kinds of material like this you can find a link to patreon down in the show notes below to the patrons of sly flourish Thank you so much for your support. We did not have a game last week because we went and saw the D&D movie, which is good. I like the movie a lot. You should go check it out. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And it was really great to get together in person with my D&D group. One, one player is remote now, living in another state, but all the rest of us are still in the area. And we got together and saw each other. So in some cases, there were at least a handful of them that I haven't seen in three years or so. And we all got together to go see the movie. That was really fun. But this week we are getting back into our Scarlet Citadel and Scarlet Citadel game. So last week we were, let's see, they are just at the end of the Dwarven Barracks. They have gone through the Clacking Caverns. They dealt with the undead there. They dealt with the super smart beetle who was wearing a headband of intellect and said like consciousness is a terrible curse and they said oh well wouldn't you and then and the bard bart the bard who's very interested in kind of like working people instead of just fighting people he was like well wouldn't you just feel better he's like i must carry this burden there's this huge clacker beetle right this clacker beetle king with his clacker beetle, he's like, I must carry this terrible curse of consciousness so that others will not be feel the weight of this ter- horrible, this horrible burden. And it's like, the burden is too great. Just relax. And why don't, oh, shouldn't you just take it off for a short time? And he rolled a persuasion check and he got like a 24. And it's like, I suppose it will be okay if I just put the, put it down for just a minute to just not have to carry this weight and it like picks it off of its head and king and its eyes like open and it just drops the crown on the ground and it makes these clacking sounds and all the clacker beetles attacked and they were like oh 
We forgot that if it was wearing a crown, it's very likely a big hostile beetle. So all of the beetles that were like lurking around and watching the characters and seeing where they're going, they're all under orders by the Clacker King, who was like, I must understand who these people are. But then it's like, oh, wait, you're just people. We're just going to eat you. Like as soon as the crown is off, it just ate him. So, so then they're like, well... <laughs> That didn't go exactly like we had planned. This is in room 330 here, which is which is off to the off to the you know this whole map is oriented in a different direction. In fact, why don't I get the Albert Rodeo and we can take a look at that? So here's where we were. We were they were in this chamber where they were fighting the Clacker Beetles, and it was a nice big fight, very hard, big nasty Clacker Beetle fight. And then Malarkey, Sister Malarkey, has an imp. I think it's an imp that is polymorphed into a cat that wears a little hat. I don't, yeah. So Mikey is a cat, an imp that is polymorphed into a cat wearing a little hat, who isn't particularly intelligent. And he said, she said, Malarkey said, go, Mikey, go get the headband. And it went and picked up the headband, which is, by the way, kind of cursed, sort of possessed by a slice of Loki. The trickster god, the little bit of Loki in that crown. It's a crown of Loki, and it's also a headband of intellect. So Mikey picks it up, and it attempts to dominate Mikey with a DC 15 charisma saving throw. And Mikey fails the saving throw, which means Mikey lifts off his his little adorable derby, puts the headband on, and puts the hat back on, and then suddenly is like, you know intelligence of 10 going to an intelligence of 19 realizes how poorly malarkey has been treating mikey all of this time sending him off to scout dangerous areas and throwing him against really powerful monsters and just you know upsetting things making him wear that dumbass hat and so mikey flees runs off with it and ran down this passageway here which leads down to the bat caves one level below so now they're like, we're still fighting these clacker beetles. And the crown, which we needed to pick up, was just picked up by one of our companion bats and ran off after he became fully aware. So Garble, the mushroom folk rogue, chased him down, super fast mushroom, chased him down and went down to the bat caves and they, and they reached this whole other area. We, can, we can, can pull up the other area here. So came down to this pool area. And Garble, Mikey is like trying to explain to Garble, like, why, why would I stay with her? She throws me in the most dangerous situations. This stupid hat. And he takes the hat and hurls it into the, into the water. And Garble's talking to me. He's like, it's just ridiculous. This whole setup is just rid-. And then the hat goes loop and disappears under the water. And Garble's like, the hat just disappeared under the water. <laughs> well, there's some, we're not alone because there's like two frozen eel things that are down here. And then one of the frozen eels tries to go get Mikey. Mikey's like, oh, God. And now Garble's like, if Mikey gets eaten by this eel and the eel gets the crown, like we're, you know, this is bad. So Garble just grapples Mikey, like shut up, you stupid imp. Grapples Mikey, manages to get the grapple, fights off the tentacles from the things that are down here and races back up to the, the chamber above. And then I think forcibly rips the headband from Mikey who immediately goes back to being the friendly imp that uh, Mikey was before. I think this is the wrong barracks room. Yeah, that's the wrong barracks room. Level three is so big. There we go. So they got back up to the top. They have the crown and I forget if somebody put it on or not. Somebody did and they said like, let's give it to the person with the least intelligence and suddenly they go from low intelligence to high intelligence. I can't remember who got it. It might have been, it might have been Dorn and then Dorn is like, oh great. So I have a possessed sword 
that has Las Baskalag, the demon in it. And I've got this crown that's also got Loki in it. So I think they're, they're I don't know that anybody put it on yet, but they're figuring it out. I'll have to ask the characters. I don't, I don't quite remember. And then they, Dorne felt like there's a connection here. There's something here. And they went down south and they found the tributary of the Black River down here and the shrine of, of Charon, which is here. And Mez is like, oh, thank God. Dorne can finally be laid to rest. His spirit will move on and I'll get the body of Potter back. And then with the body of Potter, I can lay Potter to rest and everything will be good. And, and Dorne's like, I don't think this river's good. I don't think it's right. And Mez is like, no, you're, it's fine. Jump in. You're good. <laughs> and Dorne is like, I don't think so. Something doesn't feel right. Mez is like, that's just you. You're just nervous. It's fine. And, and then all of a sudden the tentacle comes writhing out of the water and a gargantopus comes bursting forth and attacking. And that is where our session ended in the last session. So nice thing is I've got a good strong start. Bad news is not everybody can be there. Bart cannot be there. We'll, 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 we'll hide Bart. I guess we don't have to hide him until the actual game begins. It'll be like, what happens to your character? But I think like tentacles are going to go out. They're going to throw Bart and Mez against the side of the walls. who are going to be knocked unconscious for the remainder of the session. And then the other characters will have to deal with the Gargantopus who is trying to grab Dorn. And that is our strong start. So we're going to get our show notes together. Or not our show notes, our game notes together. As always, I am using Notion to do my campaign planning. If you are curious about Notion and how it does campaign planning, you can find a link about Notion in the show notes below. Very, very cool. Very cool tool. So let's see. I can archive. I'll archive the week before, but I'll keep the last week's notes handy. We'll generate a new session planning template. Rename it to 9... 9 April 2023, Sunday, Scarlet Citadel. Characters today, Bart, played by Jay, the Gearford Bard, is he is not here today, so we will skip him. Dorn, Dorn Greycastle, played by Joe, is a shade fighter, sorcerer, former adventurer, and he is possessing the body Potter. His spirit came from another world and has possessed the body of Potter, whose body is breaking down more and more. We, we laugh because he's like stitched up. He wears a lot of base layer makeup to cover the cracks in his skin. He has a big, beautiful, on one side of his head is a big, beautiful troll skin hair that they managed to, troll, trollkin hair that they managed to get from a dead trollkin. The problem is that the, the, the piece of skin that it's attached to is not super secure. So we talked about one point where he's shaking his head back and forth. <laughs> And the hair peels away. He goes, oh, oh, and he has to peel it back. So yeah, his body is not in great shape. That's a fun ongoing, a fun ongoing joke. He's looking to kind of figure out where he should be. The problem is that as long as the rift to the Dustlands is open, which is tied to that that chained horror down below. As long as that is still going, the the river will not, you know, will will not sate. Dorn will not take him to the afterlife that he's meant to go to. They have to fix that before they can. Garble, played by Pat, is a mushroom folk rogue far traveler. He is looking for a realm where his people can live comfortably and you know, mainly that they can't, they, they won't be able to live comfortably here until until the dodecahedrons of the weird weaver have all been taken care of and that the the ley lines are now back in their in their proper position. That's something that has to be done before Garble will be able to bring his his family here. But I think one thing that we want to put in here is that, and this is probably secret, Garble recognizes that the chambers with the water portals would make 
a wonderful home for a nest of mushroom folk, though it isn't entirely safe until the twisting of the Weird Weaver is taken care of. So the adventure itself doesn't have much of a plot. Scarlet Citadel doesn't. And one thing, I've brought this up before, the, the hard reality is, the hard facts are, I can't recommend Scarlet Citadel. It, it is a really challenging adventure to run. It is very, very wordy. It's got definitely a big focus on like the hardcore style of classic D&D, but it's so wordy and so prescriptive and kind of how it does that, that it's pretty hard to wrangle into an adventure that works really well. It's interesting because I'm running Scarlet Citadel side by side with Light of Xeraxis, the adventure that's in the, the Spelljammer box set. And with all of the crap I give the Spelljammer box set, which I still hold to that I would have preferred a campaign source book instead of just an adventure that light of Zaraxis is so much easier to run like that one the prep for that is so much easier and the big reason why fewer words a lot fewer words there are entire chapters of light of Zaraxis that are two pages whole chapters there are entire single rooms in scarlet citadel that are more than two pages it is just really wordy. And, and, then it's, and then it also requires a fair bit of work to get it wrangled into, a, to, into an adventure that really draws characters in. There isn't a good reason. Like I, I, I face this in the first room where it's like you're facing things that are so brutal and so hard that why would you ever go back? There's no motivation to. So we built a motivation. And then this, this worked out very well in the beginning during the session zero. And that it really helped. And it's drawn the rest of the adventure in, which was a connection to an entity known as the Weird Weaver, who is sort of the embodiment of the natural chaos of the world. The Weird Weaver is represented by a floating giant dodecahedron, a, a D20. And the idea is that the Weird Weaver was that that because of ley line magic and and the weird weaver was bound here in scarlet citadel and its energy channeled to fuel different kinds of experiments and things essentially twisting luck in this in this realm to of uh, aid in all kinds of different powers and so i've i said okay there are i'm i'm breaking it to four there are four different dodecahedrons that exist each one is connected to binding the weird weaver all four have to be taken care of like the, the bonds have to be broken to release the whole thing and that way i have like a reason for the characters to go they know they have a motivation for why they're there they have a way a reason to go all the way down to the bottom and it they have a reason to go even when things get really hard they know that we the whole region could be destroyed if we don't fix this that because the ley lines are being twisted because the weird weavers magic is being is being channeled and inappropriately we could end up creating the crossroads could be destroyed like the like the deadlands are not like the deadlands like the wasted west so we need to stop this and that way there's like a clear motivation so one of the big motivations that's going on here is that the characters need to find the remaining uh dodecahedrons and break the bonds of the weird weaver which all required you doing different things you can't just go and dork with the item and break it you actually have to do things and the next one is going to be probably one of the hardest ones because my idea is there are entities whose forces are binding the weird weaver and all of the entities need to be destroyed and i essentially want to create like a kill bill style hit list of these monsters have to be destroyed even if you can find the weird weaver even if you can find the dodecahedron which i think is going to be on level five even if you find that you have to slay certain entities 
to shat to, to break the bonds that at one in particular has a bunch of different bonds so that's that's something that i'm spending some time thinking about and while i'm reading it i'm like where where is this going but that's something i had to overlay on top of the adventure itself because it doesn't have that so not only does it have you know 1500 word descriptions of different locations which it does it also doesn't have a good motivation for your characters to go and deal with all of the stuff that the adventure pushes them to deal with so you're correct it's not a dodecahedron it's an icosahedron the icosahedron is 20 sided so yeah there was a reason for me to go into all that but i don't remember what it was so our strong start is fighting the gargant the gargantopus gargoctopus and i have a link that lets me go straight to the gargoctopus stat block you want to see some magic everybody ready for some magic you see this stat block? It's actually a pretty good format, right? This is a very usable format. I think this was drawn out of Open5e. I wrote a Python script that took all of the monsters from Open5e and brought it in here. But you know what's kind of fun? I kind of like to format this. So I go down. This is in Notion. I go down. I hit the space bar. I say format the above text as a D&D 5e stat block. And I hit go. And look at that. It bolds the right stuff. It creates a little table. Not perfect. But, you know, it makes a nicer one, a nicer stat block. For this one, I really didn't need to. I'm really just showing off. And But it goes through, and it's bolding the right stuff. It's creating the right thing. You know, and there it is. And we say done. And so now we've got a different stat block. You can see, like, it added another column here. You can get rid of that. But now, like, look, the stats are in a table. Things are bolded. Things are italicized. It's a nicer version of the stat block. So I can go, and I can delete this stat block. And I've got now another nicer stat block. All right, witchcraft. What sorcery is this? So how do I know he's a witch is a question, but how do I know this is accurate is another one. And the answer is I don't. <laughs> he could very well have changed stats and I don't really know. I think it's fine. I'm, I'm betting it didn't go through and like, hey, we're going to change the hit. But so I, I've got a nice Gargantopus. It does a lot of damage. Oh, that's the bite. The tentacle, 11 damage and grapples. I can grapple up to four targets. I can fling people. This is cool. This is a fun monster. CR5 monster. This is a good one. Shouldn't be too hard, though. It's only got 104 hit points. We might give it, we might boost those hit points a little bit. Those are rookie numbers. Got to boost those numbers. So I've got my Gargantopus. So fighting the Gargantopus, Dorn recognizes the twisted nature of the Black River. So that's kind of the strong start. Scenes are, the scenes are fighting the Gargantopus, then making choices. And it's return to the Trollkin and deliver the crown. It's continue downward to level four, the Bat Caves. Return to Red Tower. So those are some choices they, they can make. And I, I have a little bit of a difficulty, which is those choices would have been far better handled at the end of a session instead of at the beginning luckily it's not right at the beginning of a session that at least i have a fight to 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 to, to go with there's only four characters so probably the gargoctopus by itself is, is pretty good i don't know if there's like any other if we want to shake things up with a gargoctopus we could have swarms of clacker clacker beetle swarms if we wanted to add some complications for you know people in the back row 36 hit points now I'm now I just want to do it all the time. Notice how it doesn't always do it the same. So look look at some of the screw ups here. This is kind of neat. It's not really that important. 
But you can see like it added these slashes. I don't know why those are there. Look, it put these slashes at the end. What's up with that? And this time it's got the little sidebars, but it didn't create it in a table. So it's weird. It doesn't always do it the same way. Weird, weird stuff. You can see it also, did it move the challenge rating? It got rid of the challenge rating. The challenge rating is not even here, right? Like I have the challenge rating up in the text of the description and it got rid of it. Now that's okay because I know what challenge rating it is because it's up here in the database. But that's in, isn't that weird? AI, man. AI is weird. It does weird things. So I can throw the Gargoctopus. We could also throw some Clacker Beetle Swarms in there if we, if, we, if we desire. So then I don't know what necessarily they're going to do next. I don't really, like scene-wise, I don't know what we're going to have. It would probably behoove me so of these, these, these were all like of, of my ability to kind of improvise where they go or, or, or prepare to, you know, run things. Oh, so one thing is if they go to Red Tower, they're going to have to deal with the Necro, the Necrotech Reaver. Is that, did that come from? The Necrotech Reaver is a creature that is guarding the crypts of the dwarves up above as a dwarven construction. And it's protecting, it's protecting the... No, I want to do it all the time. And look, it did it differently again. Every time. It <laughs> Why? It's the same prompt. Isn't that weird? Like, it can't pick away. Why is all of that as a quote text? It's so strange. I don't know. It's, it's better. What if I select it all? And like, now it's a list. And this time it kept the CR. But now, now look at the... <laughs> so, oh, AI, you're silly. Yes, you're going to eat us all, but you're also doing dumb things. I don't know why. So strange. So strange, like, why? I mean, this shows, I've talked about, and this is it's all side tangent. I've talked about, you know, I do a little dabbling in AI. I, I, I do data science work, and I have messed around with various forms of AI for things like document classification and clustering and, and other sort of things. And something that most people don't get is, like, under underneath AI is a lot of randomness. There's a lot of sort of, like, random choices and... You know, not quite, what do they call them? Markov chain, Markov chain, Monte Carlo simulation kind of stuff where you're sort of like, well, it's not exactly random. It, there are probabilities that pull you in one direction or the other, but there's still probabilities. They're still not sure things. So there's a lot of like random die rolling in there. And you can see it, like you see it very clearly here. And this one is so, that one feels very random. Why did I ask it to format three stat blocks with the same prompt? And they're basically, the format of those stat blocks are exactly the same because I wrote the Python script that generated them or that, that, that converted them over. And it gave me three different formats, right? That's weird. Like you wouldn't think that's pretty random if you think about it. Like that's pretty random. There's no good reason why it decided that this time it's going to use bullets and the other time it's going to use whatever. And that's because there's a lot of randomness underneath AI, which is good or bad. It just means that it's not necessarily consistent. So if they go back, they have to deal with the Necrotech Reaver that's guarding the Red Tower. And they what so so what other is there and are there any other events that we want to have going on in red tower they know so one of the secrets is they know that the witch is that what's her name let's go to npcs zula so this is and we're gonna make this a secret but it's a secret they already know has been feeding information to immorta about the characters I forget where they, they learned that previously. I don't remember where. And it's a little sad because they actually really like Zula. So I think I'm going to make Zula still like, you know, hey, I'm doing this for, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this because she's scary and, and who she works for is even scarier. Few know who Gellert is. His liaison 
to the outside world and other factions inside the Scarlet Citadel is Immorta. So that it's rumored that Gellert uh, has come to Red Tower before. So the last time they were in Red Tower, they got jumped by a bunch of bandits. I don't think that's going to happen this time. I don't. I don't think there there there's going to be sort of that Gellert or Immorta. They could get. Ooh, what about assassin demons? That could be cool. Like, that's a secret. Immorta. This is a couple of secrets. Immortra is her name. I've been saying it wrong. Has is a summoner of demons. She sends demons from. She has a portal. She has a summoning circle in the Scarlet Citadel that she uses for her more powerful. That allows her to summon more powerful beasts. Immorta, Immortra, has summoned a band of demonic assassins to hunt down and kill the characters. They're getting too powerful and traveling too low. Now I can just make up these assassins, which is probably faster than me trying to go find a stat block for them. So I think we're going to do that. One of the, we're going to go to the monster database here. I ha This is only in my database right now, but, but eventually it will be in the main database and it will be in the main database once we're done with Forge of Foes and once we release this stuff under a Creative Commons license. But I have Forge of Foes guys here these are general use stat blocks and now, honestly like i have the general use stat blocks here but you can use the freebie tool that we have in the forge of foes sample chapter that lets you build monsters by any cr you could use that to kind of come up with stat blocks that are about this level and we have a bunch of different monsters of different levels so we have minions that that are cr one eighth soldiers at one at, at half brutes at cr two you can see that i've got these ragnarok cultists here we have specialists which are cr four Myrmidons that are CR7, Sentinels that are CR11, and Champions that are CR15. So what we did is we picked a range of different CRs and said, when you want like a generic stat block for something, these serve pretty well. These will serve you almost all the way to the top. So, so that works. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. Happy Easter. So if you were thinking about like demon, demon assassins, they might have a leader, and the leader might be Myrmidon. So we're gonna we're gonna duplicate the Myrmidon, and we're gonna du duplicate the specialists. So we have a CR four and a CR of CR sevens, and we're gonna duplicate those, and we're gonna have we're gonna rename this Immorta's Demon Assassin, and we're going to stick that in the Scarlet Citadel holding pattern, and then we have the other the Myrmidon. And this is the Immorta's Demon Assassin Captain. And we stick that in the holding pattern. Cool. So, uh, and we'll take a look at the stat block to see what it's like. So the Assassin, the very generic stat block. You can see I already ran this through the, through, the, through the builder and it did pretty well. I went back to the first one again. So the, each one of them has 84 hit points. They have AC 14. They make two attacks, plus six to hit, and they do 15 damage on each attack. Very straightforward, but dangerous. 30 damage. CR 4. And you know those are, those, are, those are pretty dangerous. And then the captain is even worse. Demon Assassin Captain. 
and makes three attacks plus seven to hit 16 damage on each attack. So, so pretty brutal. Now I can throw some other abilities on here if I feel like it, and I'll probably improvise them. Like they're just assassins. Like I'm just throwing them up against the characters to say like, Hey, you're being hunted. I could give them special abilities like acidic blood, like alien, like an alien. I could give them like an aura where they, they, they summon fear. I'll probably give them base traits of a demon like they're resistant to non-magical weapons they are immune to certain abilities they could be charmed and stuff like that but i, I can improvise all that i and and you know right now i'm done so we will go back to my cats are fighting what do you guys what's your problem what you guys up to the cats decided we're gonna go into the office and we're gonna fight one got hissed at the other now they split up so we have our demon assassins and you can see, like, uh, remember I, I, I threw them in the holding pattern tag? The holding pattern tag stuck them down in here, which is pretty cool. I th it looks like I've got some other stuff already in here. I probably don't need the Clacker Beetle Soldier anymore. So we're going to, I can't remember if I made a copy of him or not, but we're going to just remove him from the holding pattern. Swarm of bats, sure. Sabertooth bats, sure. Vampire bats, sure. Clacker beetle swarms, yes. Werebat, maybe. Demon assassin, yes. Necrotech reaver, yes. We don't need the spider of ling anymore. So we'll pull the spider of ling out of the holding pattern. So the way this works is the monster database, I can put monsters into a holding pattern and then they're listed in my notes and it's really handy. They are now sixth level. They just reached sixth level. So, and there are four of them today. So that means that the max, the deadly encounter benchmark is 12, which means assassin wise, two of those assassins and the captain are, are higher than deadly Four, three assassins would be just on the edge. Four assassins would be over deadly. I will probably do two assassins and a captain. That, that sounds good. That way the battle's not too long because there's not too many monsters and, and it's, it's, it's deadly ish. It will be scary. It'll be scary, but potentially doable. So I think we're good there. I'm, I'm having fun with secrets. So fantastic locations. One of the things we have is the Dwarven Cemetery. And what would be, we're going to go old school wise with Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, which are like, what are three interesting features, potentially usable features of this cemetery? So cracked Dwarven statues, old masonry rigs. So they, they probably left like the old, maybe they didn't even finish the cemetery and some of the some of the construction equipment that they used to build the cemetery in the crypt has been left kind of on the outside. The old masonry rigs might be a cool thing. Is there a third, a third feature that you would find in a dwarven, an above ground dwarven cemetery that they use to hide a passageway down to the dwarven vaults in the Scarlet Citadel. What else would dwarves build there? So they've got statues of those who did the work. They've got masonry equipment. What other, what other, what else could they find there? What other, what other kind of interesting feature? You could have big twi- Oh, like ley line twisted trees. That might be kind of fun. So now, you know, when you're building a location, it's apparently spelled cemetery wrong. How many features you need for that location to be useful is a, a good question. In Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, I suggest having three aspects for every location. You don't need that many. Sometimes the name of the location itself is enough. If you're not really planning on anything big there, but when you have like a big kind of pseudo set piece, you can do up to three features that are like, you can mention to the players, you see these, you know, they're all around there are these cracked dwarven statues. There's also these huge, you know, wooden masonry rigs that have long rotted because they've been there forever. 
but they still have like big crane arms and big heavy weights, big stone weights. And then there's these trees that are twisted and you can see them. They're all kind of like pulling in different directions. They seem to be like stuck in like an eternal battle with each other. And then studying those, you, you would recognize that they are, they're twisted because of the ley line twist in the, in the lands above. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Mausoleums and open graves. Well, or graves anyway are are kind of a, a non you know that, that that's that's part of the fact that there's a dwarven cemetery. I'm always trying to find like what's the thing that isn't you know that I can't just make up or on the spot that I want to add. So I got my secrets. I think fantastic location wise, and again, like you don't want to spend too much time in this because they might say, "Nah, we're not going up above," and they never even go here, or they go a different direction. Right? They never they never might end up at the dwarven cemetery. So you don't want to you don't want to burn a lot of time planning everything out for a scene that might never actually occur. But but whipping up like what are three things that might be there, and then of course now that I've got these later on, if they do go to the dwarven cemetery, I've got a few ideas. Like prepare only what you need and nothing else. I think is the first line of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. So is there anything else? So demon or devil, these are devil assassins? I think I said demon assassins, right? Yeah, I said demon, they should be assassin devils. High blade, assassin devil high blade. So we've got that. What other secrets could they learn? So this would be, what can the Loki, the ley lines, the twisting of the ley lines has rerouted and corrupted the Black River flowing down here. The Black River has flown down here beneath the lands far longer than any of the constructs, any of the construction built below. It was this initial ley line slash shadow river that began the Holzinger's quest for power. I think I'm making that up. I don't know if that's true or not. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We need two more secrets. So two other secrets that they have. The draw of the Dustlands portal on level two is due to and uh, is tied an entity, Immorta summoned, Immortra summoned. That didn't go well at all. Even she wishes she had never done it, but is too scared to face it. A, it is known as the chained thing. I think that's correct. If we look at the, if we look at the, the, the thing here, it's funny, I'm doing a bunch of Black River stuff, but it's the bat caves that the characters are really gonna spend their time so we'll go. We'll do some bat cave stuff. At least one secret for the bat caves, because there's lots of secrets of the bat caves. One weird bit is that Gellert himself is supposed to be down in the, that room, but I'm not going to have that happen. I want I want him to not be confronted until the final battle. I want you to hear about him, but not 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 face him. Eventually, I'm going to have to name the creatures. I know that one of them is this Hierophant Lich, an elven. One of the creatures that must be slain to break the bonds on the third icosahedron. On the third icosahedron, right? Oh, thank you for the year subscription. Thank you very much. On the third icosahedron, one of the creatures that must be slain to break the bonds on the third icosahedron is Lagfell, the Hierophant, the Lich. Lagfell, the undead remains of a former priest of 
a former follower of Karen who went bad. We're going to do an NPC card for Lagfell, bar designer. And one thing I learned is so I can do a screen grab to check this out. So I do a screenshot. This is a Mac thing. And I can open it up in preview, which you guys can't see. And I can go to tools and say remove background. And it creates a transparent version with all of the background removed. And it's great for like dropping an NPC image in there. You see that? Like it, it took this with all the swirlies and all of the other text that was around it. And it removed all of that and made a nice one. That's all in preview. If, you, if you're in a Mac, you can go to, pre, you open up an image in preview and you go to tools, is it? And then say, there's an option for remove background. If you, I'm sure other image editors can do it as well. I'm just, I'm used to using preview and that works really well. And the one thing I want to say is, so we're going to say the, the, what are these called? Anchors of the third, anchors of the third icosahedron. And Lagafell the Hierophant Lich is one of them. I think the chain thing is another. Where's the chain thing? That guy, look at that thing, right? And you can see like, I'm, when I take the screenshot, you, I guess you can't see the window I'm drawing, but I'm drawing a really, a window that's got text in it. It's got, you know, backgrounds I don't want. And I just go to tools and say, remove background. It says, you want to convert to a ping? And you say, yes. And then I just copy that and I paste it. And it gives me a real nice transparent version of it. It's so handy. So I know that this thing, the chain thing is an anchor, is another anchor. Are there any other, not off the top of my head, I don't know what other anchors. Some of these anchors, oh, the shog, grab that thing. Open in preview, tools, remove background, convert, and seize. Why did it not, it's not giving me a paste option. Maybe I didn't do it right. You see that one, I grabbed little bits of the background. You can see the little white, but that's fine. It, it still, it still serves perfectly for this matter. So I know that that's a Shogoth anchor, the third icosahedron, and probably a fourth. That, that, so I think we need one from the bat caves as well. Those all exist in the, in the river, but I think they need to also, if there's a particular creature in here. So the, the, the important thing about the bat caves is two factions of Darrow battle for supremacy in the bat caves. Neither side is strong enough to defeat the other. The chapter itself for Scarlet Citadel offers this like role play moment. And I read through it to try to understand it. And I think it's basically both groups of Darrow are working with you to try to take down Immorta. But I don't, I would rather that you are working the Darrow against one another. And a la, it's a perfect, you know, perfect, one of the many models of, that, of movies that work well for D&D is the Sanjiro Yojimbo fistful of dollars style, which is two gangs are at war with one another and our heroes get to work the two gangs off one another and betray some and betray the other and get involved. They, be, you know, lots of betrayal going on in lots of different directions. And the, the characters get involved. It's a really fun way to, for the characters to have lots of options and situations. So the idea that there's two Darrow, one of which, one side of the Darrow are uh, worshippers of Kamazots, and the other one deal in psychedelic herbs because they realize, they, they believe that they're in a totally, that the, the world that they walk around in every day is not the real world. And the real world can only be accessed by imbibing in this fine, in this fine drink. Those would all make good secrets, but I don't think I'm going to worry about them right now. But I do want 
to, I mean, Immorta herself has to be destroyed. So that could be a secret, right? Immorta, Immortra herself is one of the anchors of the third icosahedron. She has made herself one. She must be destroyed for the anchor to be broken. I don't know if there are other, one of the fun, so one fun thing might be that Immortra is protected. She is actually using, well, here's an interesting idea. This is the, like, I'm going to change the adventure to suit my own ideas, which is something you should do. What if Immortra is basically immortal? Check this out. Immortra is using power from another world to protect herself. I guess she's using the power of the third icosahedron to make herself immortal or immune to attacks. She can only be defeated by shifting over to a world in which the icosahedrons cannot protect her. So in other words, so one of the things that goes on in this adventure is one of the two groups of Darrow have weird potions that they've been using that not only give you sight into a world that you don't see, but you actually sort of shift into that world. And whether that world is real or not doesn't really matter, except if you've drank the potion and you see in the other world, then you see a world where Immorta exists, but her connection to the Weird Weaver does not. And only in that world can you actually fight her and defeat her. So you all have to like imbibe in this strange-ass potion, go to this other shifted world, and fight her there. Immorta knows this, but knows this and has summoned devils to protect her in this other world. So she knows that she has, you know, that there's a shifted other world. So that, that could kind of be fun. I've, I'm piled up with secrets. I've got scenes. I've got a strong start. I got my characters. Do I have to worry about NPCs? I mean, probably. So the ones that I want to get that I want to, that I want to paste in here are the two Darrow. Gilsphere. And he is a... Speaker to the darkness. Speaker of Kamazots, we'll say. I'm never going to be able to spell Kamazots. So I'll paste that. Speaker of Kamazots. Darrow. Speaker of Kamazots. Is one faction. And then the other one is Kurgaram. Darrow Witch. Of, and she is able to make these Darrow Witch of Augmented Reality. Yeah, of Augmented Reality. That's fine. Kurgaram. So those are the two faction leaders on that level they're kind of fun another npc is the crown of loki i guess that didn't get indexed fast enough we have last baskalag last baskalag we have the witch what's her name zula any other npcs they might run into brynjar b-j-r-n brynjar we've got Piles of NPCs. So I think we're good on NPCs. We're good on locations. We're good on secrets and clues. We got a strong start. We went through our characters. Treasure. We got monsters. We're good on monsters. Treasure. Was there anything that we were going to... I think they've gotten so much stuff. I blasted them with treasure last time. They got Yarn Gripper. They got Mjolnir. They got the Helm of Loki. I don't think I've seen these other ones. We're going to just grab these three. These are the single-use magic items that I built last time. Saved me a little time. Drop those into my treasure here. I can always roll for treasure. 
So I have got a good list of everything that I need to prepare for my game. So I feel all set. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my game. If you enjoyed this show and you want more stuff like this, please subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You'll get a free Adventure Generator PDF for signing up. It's absolutely free to sign up. And you get a weekly RPG-related article sent directly to your inbox. You can also join the patron, become a patron of Sly Flourish. Link is down below. I talked about the Uncovered Secrets, but there's tons of other stuff that you get for being a patron of Sly Flourish. And to the patrons, thank you so much. And you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, which this outline is based on the Lazy DM's Companion. Lots of different things in here that have come from the Companion and the Lazy DM's Workbook. You can pick up all of those, plus my other books at the Sly Flourish bookstore. Links to that are in the show notes below. Thank you all very much. Have a great day and get out there and play an RPG.